We're here today on another episode of The Intersection. I'm joined by Wally Green. I'm super excited to talk to him today. Wally is a professional table tennis legend. He's been U.S. ambassador for ping pong. He's played in North Korea for diplomacy and world peace and has represented the U.S. all around the world in competitions including Germany, Japan, China, South Korea, Croatia, and more. He's been featured in the New York Times, Olympics.com. He's been on the Steve Harvey Show. He's done a lot of charity and celebrity events. He was featured in an award-winning documentary titled The Tables. He's a TEDx speaker and he's particularly famous for being able to beat pretty much anybody in table tennis using just his phone. He's an all-around super positive person, truly in touch with his humanity. Welcome Wally Green to the intersection. Hey, how are you? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Um, you have a very unique story about how ping pong basically like saved you from the streets and all type of negative environments. Could you tell us about your life growing up? Yeah, you know, I grew up in the projects uh, with a very narcissistic stepfather who uh, used to beat up my mom every single day and uh, me as well, but uh, more so used to try to mentally um, program us to believe that, uh, well, me in particular, that I would be a failure, that I would be dead or in jail that uh, I would never succeed at anything. And these are things that my stepfather would tell me um, every single day. And because of that, um, and because of the abuse, I turned to two things in my life. Uh, one was the gangs at a very early age. Um, by 13, I was already in a gang. I was already uh, owning guns at 13. And then the other half of me was sports. And what sports did, sports numbed me to the craziness that was going on at home. Um, and and that's how I grew up as a kid. Um. So and then someone particular came into your life and kind of introduced table tennis to you, and then a lot of stuff kind of happened through there. You want to tell us about that whole story? Yeah. So um, I actually hated ping pong or table tennis. <laughs> some people like to call. I just actually so I so I like the word ping pong. Ping pong. Is the <laughs> Me word too. I like. I like ping pong. And I just did a very good uh post on instagram about table tennis or ping pong so you should check that out when you get check a it out and, and i have to break it down for people because you know it, there's a reason why it's, why it was called table tennis and, and 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 i and i told that reason which a lot of people don't know and i broke it down so you can check that out but anyway um yeah i actually hated the sport i i, I never liked the sport in high school we had it i made fun of kids playing it um, I used to see, I used to play football, I played basketball, wrestling, tennis, volleyball, and I would see these kids play in the lunchroom and I would make fun of them and say, look at these kids with their short shorts and the stick. Cause they look strange to me playing this, <laughs> right? <laughs> I know the paddle's like that big, you know, the ball's that big. It was just weird. And, um, I, I, I was shooting pool and, um, I went to a pool hall to play and, uh, I lost some money. Cause I thought I was good. Got angry, shattered my pool stick. Pool stick broke, and um, I saw some kids who were playing ping pong. There's like some ping pong tables, and at that time, I used to blame everyone for everything that happened to me. Right. Mm. So if you, if I stubbed my toe, someone was gonna pay for it. Right. Although it was my fault. So I saw some kids playing ping pong, and I was like, oh, perfect. It was. It was just too perfect. I broke my stick. The sport I hated the most was being played across from me. So I had to go spoil their fun. I went nowhere. I says, hey, I want to get a hit. 
and they said, you play this? I was like, no, I don't play this. I was like, just give me the paddle. The whole point of taking the paddle was to actually hit the kid in the face with the ball. <laughs> so he would hit it to me, and then I would smash it at his face and then say sorry. But I really wasn't sorry. It was all planned out. Uh, but because I sucked at ping pong, um, I had the racket at the wrong angle to begin with. And when I hit it, it went on the table. Then they told me about this club, this ping pong club that I should go check out. And I couldn't believe that people actually gather at a place to play this. And uh, But the athlete in me still wanted to find out, right? Because sports was a huge part of the balance of my life. And uh, mm-hmm. I went to this place and I saw people playing that looked like me. And I was like, holy shit, black people play this? Like, just play. <laughs> I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. Like, Whoa, what? You know, I thought only Asians played ping pong. Um, so that's what actually got me interested in the sport uh to begin with well what happened from there because the story the story is so interesting it just continues like i have other questions in here but i there's so much more to your story that i know about i'd love you to just continue it yeah so um i went to this club i saw people that look like me playing and i was like wow okay i can do this i want to do this um and uh one day in the process of me going back and forth and trying to play with people um, a guy comes up to me and says, hey, do you have a partner? And I said, uh, I don't. And he goes, well, I'll pay you $20 if you could just hit with me like once or twice a week. And I was like, whoa, $20? Hell yeah. Because, you know, at that time I was living in the streets. You know, I, I, I had no money. And for someone to say I'm going to give you $20 to hit a few balls, you know, was a no-brainer. And so I would play with this guy and we would hit, you know, two times a week, one time, sometimes. And he'd pay me the money. And it was great. It was a good, you know, it was a good relationship. And um, eventually, uh, we became pretty close. You know, I used to talk about everything about what I was going through at home and stuff like that. So he became sort of like a father figure, you know, someone I could just talk to, right? And um, for him, it was more like uh, I don't know, maybe TV. At least I thought at the time, right? Because if you don't know anyone who's lived this kind of life. It's hard to understand how a young kid has guns. It's hard to understand the whole gang thing and, and the things that go down, right? It, it's very hard to understand if you don't live that life or know anyone in that life. And one day I went to the club and um, uh, 22 fell out of my bag and he saw it. And, you know, he gave me this look and I gave him a look like, you know, it's, it's really no talking. And I was like, I, I picked it up. I got to get it because I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what his next step is going to call police or whatever. And um, he called me two days later and says, hey, I want you to come to my house. I, I, I want you to come. You know, No, first he said, are we still playing? And I was like, yes. When I went to the meeting to play, then he said, hey, I want to invite you to my home. And I thought it was weird that, you know, a white dude is going to say to a black kid who just you know, a gun just fell out of his bag. Dropped a gun out of his bag, yeah, right. yeah. And not to mention all the things I've been telling him that I've been doing um, would say, hey, come to my house. Um, so I went to go visit. I went to his house, which was um, near Hunter Mountains, like two and a half hours away from New York, in the woods, which was kind of crazy. And I met his family. And, you know, they had this, like, real family life. Like, you know, people sat down together. They ate together. They passed the food together. You know, they talked at the table. Like, it was you know, it was like a real family. So I guess he wanted to show me what real family was. And then he says, hey, you know what? Um, I really want to help you. At this time, I had loved the sport and I wanted to get better. He says, I'm going to pay for you to go to Germany to learn ping pong. And 
that's wow. how I started the first, like, actually really learning the sport and getting better. So it seemed like this guy kind of kind of believed in you and and kind of defy these stereotypes of, oh, you see someone in the streets, you see a gun drop out of their bag, you know they're involved in all this stuff. And yet he saw that as just like he st- just still had love for you from like a human to human level. And uh, he whatever he saw in you, you know, it kind of it fulfilled itself. You know, you went to Germany and then you want to tell us what happened at that point? <laughs> yeah, so the whole Germany thing was weird too because like, you know, someone says, I want to send you to Germany. You know, at that time, you know, I think I was, how old was I? I was probably 17, right? And I didn't know much about Germany. The only thing I knew about Germany was Hitler. I was like, why is he, like, <laughs> send me? Why is he trying to send me to Germany? Like, what the hell is going on with this dude, right? So that's the only thing that I knew about Germany. And, um, you know, I, I, I still went because I, I, I knew the road I was headed and I knew that, if I could get out, I should make the decision and take the opportunity mm. to do it. Um, plus, he was paying for everything. So, you know, I go to Germany. And uh, it was kind of weird because, like, you know, just because I went to Germany doesn't mean I wasn't still this violent kid. I was still a violent kid. Now I'm a violent kid having people saying, oh, my God, you're from New York. You're from America. Wow, you're amazing. Oh, my God, you're incredible. Blah, blah. And I'm like, Yo, get away from me. like what? What is it? <laughs> it was just weird, right? And um, mm-hmm. I talk about this thing called killing you with kindness, right? Uh, it's a real thing, um, and it's and it's actually really confusing to your brain. Like, I react, right? I, I if someone says something, then I react, right? Or sometimes I might put out something for someone to say something, then I react, right? This is how I was as a kid. And um, it's about giving you that fuel to the fire, right? So I'm still a violent kid. I still want to punch people in the face, but they're not giving me that fuel. They're 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 not 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 um, uh, uh, pushing me so that I would want to do it. So for example, like you know, it's hard to punch someone in the face who's telling you how amazing you are. Right? If they say they say, "Oh, you're the best guy in the world. You're you're the most amazing individual I've ever met." How do you punch this person in the face? You can't, mm-hmm. right? Uh, unless you've lost your humanity, then that's possible. But I've never lost my humanity, and um, yeah, so it was weird. I didn't know. How to, I didn't know how to react. I didn't know how to react to people genuinely liking me because I was me, right? I'm used to people liking me because I can pick up my gun and go to the fight, or I can get your back whenever things are going down. That's what I'm used to. I'm not used to people liking because, just because. And these people were genuinely liking me. So for a while, I was mentally confused. And, and I was like, okay, this is weird. I, I didn't even know how to react. Like, do I, how do I get angry? You can't be angry. How? You just confuse it. You're all in your own head. And so that's killing you with kindness. And eventually, you know, I just thought about it. And, you know, something came to me and says, hey, you know, so I, I usually have this, this, I don't know if you call it an angel or whatever that comes on my shoulder whenever it's like a really crazy time will will talk to me and say, Hey, why are you why are you upset? Why are you angry? You're not in America, you're not being abused, you're not with your stepfather, you're not seeing your mom get beat every day, you're not being told the crazy things that you've been told all your life. You're you're actually being told the opposite. So why are you angry? Why and so once I was able to to figure that out. 
Um, then I started to change and I started to um, try to make relationships with um, these new friends, as, as you might call it. And um, that was the first set, the first step of my mind change or my mindset change um, was in Germany. So interesting. You said something in particular that um, as you've been all around the world, you've met a lot of people who are ignorant or brainwashed, but that you never held it against them. Why not? Man, because, you know, it's funny. Um, as I traveled around the world, I started to learn different things about different cultures. You know, pe people in America who live in America who don't travel they don't realize that outside of the world, people don't know what you think they know. So I'll, mm. give, you a perfect, I'll give you a perfect example of, of this. Um, I do TikTok videos. And uh, one day I was scrolling to, through, through, through TikTok and I came across a black creator who was really furious and angry, really furious. And there was a girl in, I can't remember what country it was. I don't remember in Bulgaria, maybe some 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 country out there, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Eastern European country, and the girl painted herself black, and she sang all these famous songs from famous artists, like the artists. So she did Michael Jackson in a Michael Jackson voice. She did like uh, 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 who else? She did. Oh man, was it Beyonce? It could have been Beyonce. Like all the black greats. Oh, Whitney Houston. She she did, and she sang. Right. So this particular creator got really angry and said, you see how racist people are in, in Europe, painting her face black. That's blackface. And that's so racist. And she was like going on a rant saying that this creator was racist. Right. And so, like, you know, when I see stuff like that, I just have the need to want to check this ignorance because that's how ignorance becomes racism. Right. I want to check it. So I've traveled the world. And I understand, I've been in situations, I understand how people can think a different way because they don't know, right? There's no way in the world that this girl all the way in Bulgaria knows what the hell blackface is. There's no way. How would she even know that? It's impossible for her to know that, right? That's American history. American. She has no idea what that is. There's no way she could even understand it, right? What she was doing, I mean, if you think about it, if you love something or you love someone or a culture or something, how do you, what is the number one way to show your appreciation is to imitate. be more, right. Imi exactly. And that's what she was doing. The, the, that creator was just imitating what she loved. And so I reached out to this creator and says, Hey, you need to kind of rethink what you're saying. I said, there's no way this girl's racist. Like to say she's racist is crazy. I said, there's no way she, she uh, uh, would know about blackface, right? And and uh, if you want to talk about this, we can have a conversation because I've traveled the entire world and I've experienced all kinds of stuff like this, right? And yeah, she she never got back to me, but mm. you know, it's 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 when you travel and you start learning about other cultures, you start to be more open, right? You 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 you, you start to be more open, and these things. Don't bother you. So like these things don't bother me. Like any kind of stuff like that because I understand where it's coming from. You know, there's a difference between ignorance and the difference between racism, right? So, you know, mm. 
And I learned this from traveling the world. Wow, that's really interesting because your average person, as soon as they see blackface, usually would be like thrown off or appalled by it or, or immediately feel the need to attack it. So hearing say, hearing that from you that you got sometimes, even if the thing like, you know, isn't right, they may not even, they may have no idea, but to have the empathy of they, they may have no idea about that. Right, exactly. So, so instead of being like, oh, you're racist and blah, 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 then educate, you know, that's how we, that's mm. how we stop racism. You know, racism starts at ignorance. It's always ignorance. And then if the ignorance is not checked, then it becomes racism. So stop, you know, stop it at the ignorance, educate. Right. What she should have did, she could have reached out and said, hey, oh, I love what I love what you did. You're so talented. Right. Because the person was talented. It wasn't like the person sucked, was making fun. The person was extremely talented. You know, you're so talented. But this is how this comes off to some black people. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the girl would understand. And then it would be her decision if she would reply back and say, oh, I'm so sorry or whatever. Like, 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 like this. So it's, it's all about checking checking that that ignorance and from traveling the world like i've seen i've seen the i've heard the craziest listen i've had people i remember in croatia since you mentioned in croatia i was at a nightclub and i'm hanging out and and some girl comes up to me she goes hey hey what's up? how are you she goes oh can i touch your hair and i'm like all right i, I mean I do that. <laughs> but yeah touch. she's like oh my god she goes oh my god i love niggas that's what she said. Oh my God. Yeah. And she told no. me. She told me. I looked at it. That's terrible. I just laughed. And I was like, I was like, okay, you know, I understand uh, where you're coming from with that, but maybe you shouldn't use that word or maybe you shouldn't say it. And I, I educated her and she understood. But what she was trying to say was that she loves black people. Mm -hmm. But because she listens to a lot of hip hop, she always hears that word. She thought it was okay just to throw that word out there. So I had to educate her and tell her. And I have so many stories from traveling the world that are similar to these kind of stories. So when you do it often, you start to understand, yeah, you know what? They really don't know. It's not them being racist. It's actually them actually, you know, liking your culture and liking you. But they watch TV, they listen to rap music, and they try to imitate. And imitate, imitation is the best form of flattery, right? If you imitate me, like if there's someone running around, like I see it all the time, people playing with their cell phones, like copying my shit. I don't get angry. I'm like, yeah, just keep doing it. You know, keep doing it. You know, if, if you imitate someone, it is the biggest form of flattery. So, yeah. That's really interesting. I, I'm sure that takes a lot of composure and empathy because your average person, if they were in Croatia and someone said that to them, they'd be like, Bitch, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah. but you, exactly. <laughs> and you said even in in your in your past life, uh, you would just be angry and reactive. So for you to do such a one eighty from being angry and reactive yeah. to having like super deep levels of empathy is really interesting. Um, and going off of that, I'd love to he to talk about your story going to North Korea because that's just like I love this story. I, I told somebody, some random person, like, ab about it the other day, and they went, huh? Why would he do that? And I, I got frustrated. I'm like, why why wouldn't he do that? And so I love for you to talk about that whole story. You said that you reached out to a lot of your friends around the world to go, and nobody wanted to go with you. 
Yeah, man. Um, not one person said that they would go. You know, I was thinking, like, you know, I, I want to go to North Korea. I saw this tournament. I knew no one in the world would sign up. But I figured if I could tell people, hey, let's go as a world team, you know, for diplomacy, for world peace. Let's 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 do that. You know, people would say, oh, hell yeah. Let's go. You know, American history, 1971. America established relations with China is through ping pong. It's called mm. the ping pong diplomacy. Right. So I wanted to do recreate history or make my own history. And let's go to the most dangerous country in the world. Let's go as a world team and play these play this tournament together and say that, you know what? Outside of politics, we don't care about that. This is sport. There are no politics in sport. You know, you play the same sport I play. We're going to come there. We're going to make peace. We're going to have fun. And we're going to have some friendly, uh, fun competition. Right? Uh, but everyone said, you're crazy. You're going to die. You're not going to come back. They're going to kill you. And not one person, not one person wanted to go with me. No one. Zero. So what what happened when you, uh, when you got there? Um, what, how were you feeling? So, um, so when I went there, I went there with no plan, right? Mm. I had no plan. Like, how do you do a diplomacy for world peace? Like, who knows? <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I knew I wanted to do a diplomacy for world peace, but I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't know what steps. But I did know the first step of doing anything in your life is taking the action, is getting there. So I had to get there, right? Once I get there, you know, like for me, I believe in manifestation. If I really, really want something bad enough, it'll show its way. Some way there'll be a an idea that will pop, it will show. And so um, I just had to get there and, 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 and I went. And um, it was a really, um, it was really interesting because it was, it's, it's a place that no one's been to, right? It's a place that most of the world has not been to, right? I think maybe 10% of the world, the entire world has been in North Korea. So um, it was a uh, very interesting, but um. I went there with a purpose, and um, it actually showed itself to me. It's crazy. Like I, I, I mean, I wouldn't call it luck. I wouldn't call it luck, but um, I would call it the fact that I was passionate about actually doing this diplomacy for world peace. It actually, it happened. Well, yeah, how it happened was so it was so crazy though. So you walk into the you walk into the the the, 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 the the tournament arena, yeah, the arena, and uh, you talk about how the whole five thousand people North Korean audience, you could feel their eyes on your yeah. body. Yeah, that 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 was intense. I've never felt. I mean, I've felt that you know on a bigger stage in China, right? But China is different, right? You know, I, I'm, I'm in my mind. I'm not thinking that. Oh my God, everyone might try to jump on me or something like this, right? You know, China is not taught that we're the devil and that we should be killed, right? Americans go to China, although the governments don't agree, but Americans go to China all the time and they come here mm-hmm, back and mm-hmm. forth, right? But North Korea, every person in North Korea is North Korean, and they're taught that we're the devil, we should be killed. And it's and it's it's no joke. And so you know, mm. when I'm walking in, luckily I got to play against a North Korean player, and me and the player walk out, and um, it's it's me, the player, and two umpires. And um, as I'm walking out, you can feel like 
people, you can feel the eyes of 5,000 people just looking. And you can feel it. Because if you look up, you can see everyone looking at you. It's the craziest feeling. You look up. And there's other matches going on at the same time, mind you. But as I'm walking out, because I'm something, I'm someone, something that they've never seen before. Right? Maybe they've seen Dennis Rodman. But really, how many North Koreans actually really saw Dennis Rodman? Right? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Maybe not many, right? We mm-hmm. don't know. Um, so so when they saw me, first of all, I looked different, right? Black dude, yellow hair with lines in it. Right? <laughs> and listen, and, 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 and you laugh, but you really can't believe how ignorant people are. Right, I've had right. people ask me, no joke, were you born like that? I'm not mm. even lying to you, bro. Like, ask me. Were you born? How the hell am I born with lines in my head? <laughs> what kind of like, turning around inside the womb? Like, what, what, it, 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 but, but, but that's how ignorant, how ignorant some people are in some countries that don't get no information. So you would only expect something like that in North Korea. And everyone's just looking at me, looking at me. And then there's this like sound. It's a weird, like, like this hateful kind of. Mm. They, they definitely weren't clapping for me when I was coming out, right? And plus, I have the big U.S. flag on, on the screen, so everyone knows I'm American. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was intense. It was definitely one of the most intense moments I've ever felt in my life. Was 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 coming out um, to play the North Korean player. I can only imagine. And uh, so, as you started to play the match. What was what was going through your mind? I want to kick this dude's ass. <laughs> that was the beginning <laughs> because you know you know in the beginning it's 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 all it's 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 all scary and, and it's all nerves and you're nervous. Uh, but for me, when it's zero zero, now it's time to play. That goes out the window, out the window. And now it's time. And when I started playing, when we first started, I went up five zero on the dude. I was I was on fire, man. But I noticed every time I made a point. The crowd would go, hmm. Picture <laughs> 5,000 people going, hmm. At the that. same it's time. The craziest thing ever, right? And I was like, okay. And then when he made a point, it was like he won the world championship. It, it started <laughs> It started off with claps. Then it started louder, louder, and louder. Then it got so loud to where I couldn't even play. I couldn't concentrate. And I started to get angry. I started to get upset because... There's a difference between clapping for someone and clapping against someone. Mm. They were clapping against me, mm. right? They were being belligerent and really loud against me. Not necessarily clap, just clapping for their 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 countrymen. Like and a hateful to, clap. Hateful, yes. And I started to Crazy. get very upset. I started to get angry a little bit, and I wanted to look up. And just literally like start fucking cursing everybody out. Like that's what I wanted to do. That's what I really wanted to do. And then um, as I was getting upset, I, I started to remember my purpose, why I'm there. You know, I'm there to promote peace. I'm there to do diplomacy for world peace. If I get angry, that's just going to, everything, the reason I'm there, it doesn't make sense anymore. Mm-hmm. So in the process, like my brain works really fast. Because these are all, you know, tens of a seconds happening. And then I look up and I just smile. So I smile. I just smile, right? 
And uh, when I smiled, a few people started smiling. Right, you can see. There's like a few chuckles. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So we go back to play. We start playing the match. Um, he wins another point. They start clapping. I look up again. I smile. Then they start smiling back. And now this is a reoccurring thing, right? Every time I smile, they smile. And he starts mm. smiling. Then I noticed when I started winning points, that sound mm, wasn't that that loud anymore. Mm. Right? A little bit of claps here and there. because they weren't like, yeah, no, of course not. <laughs> but, but they were like into it. You can say they were into it. So then I realized, wait a minute, you know what? This is where this diplomacy world piece is going to happen because I've already captured the crowd. I've captured 5,000 people's attention, right? Who hate me? So this is so forget about this match. Let's just focus on the crowd. So every time we play, I would look up and I would smile. And he would smile back. Um, and then at the very end of the match, I wind up losing the match, of course. Um, he was better than me. And at the end of the match, he comes to shake my hand. Well, he didn't come to shake my hand. I went to shake his hand. And he was walking towards because, you know, it's sport etiquette. You have to shake hands. right? If you don't do it, it looks really bad. And this is an international world thing. right? So he puts his hand out, but not really to shake my hand. Kind of to do one of these touch things that people mm. do. You know, someone, you know, when someone doesn't want to shake your hand, I always talk about this. When someone wants to shake your hand, they come in with the body. The body and the arm and the hand moves together as one. When someone doesn't want to shake your hand, their body kind of stands back, but the arm comes out. When they reach out like this, that means they don't want to get close to you, right? So he did one of these, reached out, tried to touch my hand, do one of those touch, like like one of those, yeah, I'll shake your hand like this. <laughs> did that, I just grabbed him, pulled him in, and gave him the biggest bear hug he ever had in his life. Hug that man like this, ah! Hug <laughs> right? And, and, and the craziest thing about it is, is that the audience was cheering, right? And yeah. more, more importantly, you know, I have my video camera facing my back, which is his front. And um, you can see his face. His face went from, like, to smiling. So wow. You can't, can't fake that. You can't fake that. You cannot make that up. You can't fake it, right? That smile, if I went all the way to North Korea just to get that smile... It was well worth it. Worth it. Yeah. Right? Because here is someone that is taught that I'm the devil, I'm evil, I should be killed, etc., etc., smiling because of a hug that I gave him. Right? And the 5,000 people that are there, they're never going to forget that. He's never, ever going to forget that hug. Ever. Ever, ever. He'll be, listen, he'll be 80 years old talking to his grandchildren about the hug that this crazy black dude from America with yellow hair <laughs> gave him, right? And, yeah. you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, one person can't make a change. One person can't do this. One person. And then you know what I say? I say, you guys are missing the whole point. And when I say this, people go, what? And I'm going to say it. It's not our job to make the change. It's not our job to make people change. That's not our job. And if people think that's the job, they got it all wrong. I'll tell you what our job is. Our job is to plant the seed to make change. That's mm -hmm. our job because we can't force anyone to change. You can't mm -hmm. force anyone to change that don't want to change. But what you can't, but what you can do is you can plant the seed. And by showing 
love and respect for someone that hates me, right? That plants a seed, right? Because maybe the next time the government might say, oh yeah, Americans done this and that. Someone will say, well, you know what? I remember that guy that came in from America with the yellow hair, the crazy one. Yeah, he just hugged our guy. Even after he lost the match, right? So for me, that was like, you know, such a huge success to be able to have him smile, you know, and have it on camera. It's, 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 it's crazy, you know? And I'm sure you left such a profound impression on those people because like you said, all they know in their whole life is that Americans are evil. And one part of the story when it's like he scored on you and instead of you responding in a attack way, you like let the people know that even if they're against you, you still were like with them anyway, like, yeah. Oh, he's going to score on me, but I'm going to smile in response. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, and then they, and then they were like, Oh wait, maybe this guy's not as against us as we thought he was. And yes. That's, that's it. You know, something, a smile is so powerful, right? I, I, you know, I, I say this sometimes. A smile is so powerful. I don't smile a lot. So if I am smiling, then it's genuine. But mm. a smile is, is, is very powerful, you know? For me to just smile and win those people's minds and hearts is pretty incredible, right? I didn't say anything. I didn't talk anything. I didn't do anything. I just smiled. That was it. I just smiled, and 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 you know, a smile is just so powerful. I I can't I can't even begin to say how powerful it is. Imagine if everyone in the world just walked around and they smiled like every day, right? There'll be less tension in this world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was like just these really subtle human things where you showed them that. At that moment, it didn't really, it wasn't even about American or North Korea anymore. It was just that, that you were there to like show them that you weren't some alien. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You know, to show them that, that, you know, we play the same sport. We train the same way. We do the same things. You know, we're both human. You know, it, 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 it doesn't matter. And sports and politics shouldn't be in sports anyway. Right? There's, there's no room for politics in sports at all. Mm. You know, sports is sports. Politics can stay with the politics. You know, so um, that's something that's very important to me about, you know, with sports. To keep the politics out of sports. You know, we play the same sport. We train the same way. We probably diet the same way. We go through the same hardships, through the same mindsets. Right? So let us enjoy, you know, the competition Right? Of course, we want to win and we want to beat each other. But after the competition, let's be friends. Let's, 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 let's talk. You know, some years ago, um, there was um, a, 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 a judo, a judo, judo uh, world championships. And um, Israel and uh, I forgot which country was going. But the country that was going against Israel, they don't like each other. And... The guy that was fighting for the other country was supposed to fight the Israeli next. Now, this guy is like a world champion, Olympic champion, and they would not allow him to fight the Israeli guy. So instead, they defaulted the competition. They made him default. 
right? Now, this is a guy who's like the top. And his country forced him to default. And he was very upset because he trained so much, right? I think he's an Olympic champion. He's a world champion. He trained so much. But because of politics, because there's a rule in their country that um, they are not allowed to participate in anything with Israelis or yeah. with Jewish, right? But, you know, this is sport. You know, leave the politics out. And so the president at the time uh, asked people, athletes, to go up and kind of protest this in a way where show you playing your sport with someone from a different culture, then show you going to the bar with them after or going to lunch with them mm. after and talk with them. So my North Korean video is the one that I showed. You know, here I am playing against a North Korea and then at the end giving him a big hug. Right? That's what sports should be about. What do you think it is about about ping pong? Because whether it was like the tables documentary or the story you just told, it seems like out of a lot of different sports, ping pong has a really unique way of bringing people together on that human-to-human level. Yeah. What, why do you think that is? The reason why is because uh, ping pong is the number two played sport in the world. Number one really? is soccer. Yep, number one is soccer. Number two is ping pong. And uh, because it is, that means that almost every culture in the world plays ping pong, right? And because that is, wherever it's at, you're always going to get a different array of cultures, different array of people, right? If I never played ping pong, I would never have friends from around the world, right? I, I, I played basketball. I played tennis, played volleyball, wrestling. Um, it's ping pong that took me around the world, right? I got to see the world because of that, because of that sport, because every country has, almost every country has a, a, a open. So like China open, German open, Brazil open, right? Korea open, Japan open. You know, all these countries have an open, right? So that's why um, you can see a lot of diversity in in ping pong because it is the number two sport in the world played by almost every country in the world. So that's why. That's really interesting because uh, soccer has always been my favorite sport, not just not because I'm a sports person. I'm actually not a sports person, but it's it was about that, like, feeling of bringing people together yeah. from around the world. Soccer and uh Wow. So um, you've said that you're a very New York person, but that you feel uh, that every, anywhere in the world you're at home. And uh, I feel the same way. Like I'm a very Chicago person, but I yeah. feel at home anywhere. So you want to talk more about that feeling? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can adapt anywhere I go. Like it doesn't matter. Like It, it doesn't matter. I can go anywhere. I, I can adapt. And I think the reason why I can adapt is because I have an open mind from lots of travels. Right, so I can feel at home anywhere. Like it, it really, it really does. Some places I like better than others, of course, um, but I can always feel at home anywhere. I, I can find a way to feel at home. Right, I, I can do things um, that would make me feel like I'm home. Um, but I always love to be back home. I always, with all the travels, um, there's no better feeling than actually being home in your own place, in your own bed. You know, um, so I always love to be back home. But yeah, uh, it's adaptability. I can, I can adapt anywhere. It doesn't matter. And, and I think that was a, one of the reasons why I went through with going to North Korea because I knew the dangers that, I knew the dangers that it had. I knew um, what could happen, 
right? I knew things that could happen, but I know me. And I always say this. I say, listen, I can talk with anyone. You can put the Taliban in front of me <laughs> and we can sit at a table and we can discuss, mm, mm, right? Mm. I'm sure I can talk with anyone. It doesn't matter because I hear you. I don't have any preconceived judgments about people. Mm. It doesn't matter what they did. I, you know, if I'm going to talk to you, then I'm going to talk to you judgment free, right? It's, 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 it's not like I'm saying, oh, this guy's a Taliban. I don't talk to him. No, I'm going to talk to you like a person, right? Whatever you did, whatever you've done, that's your business. And we can talk like people. So I always say the funniest thing. I say, I want to stop the Ukraine war. Why don't we get Putin to come talk to me? And then we're going to play a game of ping pong. I'm going to play with my <laughs> cell phone. I'll play with my cell phone. He plays with a paddle. And if I beat him, he agrees to stop the war. That's not too much to ask. But there's get. there's something very real about that because I think you're you're saying you're on point. You're on point in the sense that so many conflicts in the world could be solved by putting people together and letting them see each other for them for themselves. Like you just right. said, if you're going to talk to the Taliban, you're going to see for yourself who right. these people are when you talk to them. Right. You you, you know the the the, the whole war thing, the way it works, is kind of stupid to me. Like, it really doesn't make sense. So here I am, I'm blowing up your country, but I'm going to have a meeting with you and talk. I talk about it. It's like the dumbest thing ever. Like, it, 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 it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, if I'm blowing up your country, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't get it. The politics behind it is so stupid. Like, you know, yeah, you're blowing up the country, but yet you guys are going to have a meeting via Zoom or whatever it is you guys do. Like, <laughs> it's dumb. Like, if I'm going to talk to you, then I don't need to be blowing up your country. Right? It, it, these kind of things just make me, it, it just, I remember when I was gangbanging. It's almost like, you, you, I'm going to come jack you up, but I'm going to have a talk with you before I come jack you. No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> I'm angry. I'm going to jack you up. That's it. Like, I'm not going to talk to you. Yeah. So the whole war thing is just, it's, it's all crazy. Man. I'm telling you. He just needs to come and play me in ping pong with my cell phone, right? And if I beat him with the cell phone, it's not too much to ask. Play me a ping pong with my cell phone. I beat my cell phone. You got to stop the war. I'm telling you. It sounds funny, but sometimes it's those crazy ideas that, uh, that, 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 that keep people hopeful about humanity. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you showed it with the North Korean thing. It was just such a simple, subtle right. thing that can really shift people's minds. What kind of perspective could you give someone who has a lot of preconceived notions about other people around the world? Oh, these people are like this, but they don't know any of those people. They've never interacted with those people or try to befriend any of those people. What, what, what do you think you would say? The first step is learn by experience. And not by mm. one, not by two by lots of experience with those kind of people. And then you will be surprised the things that you will learn. I, listen, I thought really, when I first, listen, when I first went to China, I thought Chinese were racist. I'm telling you, I'm not gonna lie. I thought they were completely racist, 100% mm. racist. And it's not that they're racist. Yes, some of them are ignorant because they don't know but it's not their fault. What do you see on TV? You see a black person doing mm -hmm. some criminal stuff. You see a black person robbing. You see a black person stealing, killing, right? If I saw, I'm black. 
And if I saw growing up all my life that black people were robbing, stealing, and killing, and I this is what I saw every day, I would think the same thing too, right? So that's ignorance. That's not knowing, right? Um, so so you should always you know just learn through experience, you know. Try to reach, try to talk to people who are from that culture, and see and ask why. I, listen, I always ask why. You know, why did you say like like when that girl said, "Oh, I didn't tell you." I think it was on on someone else. I was wait. I just told you about the the girl in Croatia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so when that girl said that, I asked her why did she say that, to see where it's coming from, and then she told me, "Oh, I watch a lot of hip hop videos and." And movies, and, and I had them use I had them use the word, and I thought it was a cool word, right? Oh, okay, so now I know that it's not coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've talked about how you've been in different countries, and um, you know, because you're black, they thought like you might be a rapper. They thought, oh, yeah. oh, oh you're, yeah. <laughs> what? Do you have any stories like that? I tell you a funny story. I got, I got stories for days, bro. I was in, I think I was in, I was in China. And um, I was looking for this local ping pong club because as a hustle, I like to hustle people in the local ping pong clubs. It's so fun. Uh, and uh, when I went to the ping pong club, um, there was a lady you know, at the front desk. And I said, and, it's, and, and this is a gym. So it's a multiplex gym. They have ping pong, they have basketball, they have tennis, uh, other sports. And so I went and I said, hey, um, I want to play ping pong. You know, she said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basketball downstairs. What? <laughs> what? Wait a minute. I don't think ping pong, even if you don't speak English, even if you don't speak <laughs> English, right? If you don't speak English, ping pong and basketball do not sound <laughs> like it's not even close. And she just looked at me, she goes, oh yeah, basketball downstairs. No, I didn't say basketball, I said ping pong, right? But she looked at me, so black guy, she assumed, oh yeah, it's basketball, like this. But this happens all, all the time. Like even when I first started playing, a lot of people say, why, why are you playing ping pong? You should be playing basketball or rapping. Yeah, so, you know, you hear it all the time, right? It's, it's, but, you know, it's just ignorance, right? Because there weren't a lot of black people playing, right? So why would I, you know, it, 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 it kind of makes sense. But then you just have to educate. You know, you don't get angry. I think when you get, when you get angry, that makes that ignorance into racism. Right, because then people mm. go, "Oh, you know this and that," and because you're angry now, it now it starts as racism, right? But when you just educate mm. and say, "No, no, this is how it is. This is instead of saying that, maybe you should say this." Now the person kind of understands, you know, uh, the reason. So yeah, mm. this may be um unpopular thing to say in a sense, but would you agree that? When people respond to ignorance through through anger, thinking that's what's going to solve it, it perpetuates the cycle even does. more? Of course it does. Here's, a Here's an example. An example. Let's say um, I'm going to take, uh, let's say, let's say Asian and black. I'm black. And let's say Asian. Because this is, this is a, good, a good one. Let's say, oh. Asian, and it could be any, black, white, whatever. And let's say it's an Asian girl and a guy. And the Asian girl's walking by, and then the guy sees the girl, thinks she's cute, and the guy goes to her, ni hao, right, 
in Chinese. Ni hao, right? Now, this girl is not Chinese. Maybe this girl's Korean or Japanese, right? Now this girl gets angry, right? Because she's not Chinese, right? And now says to the guy something in an angry manner, right? Because she's not Chinese and that's disrespectful, right? Because he assumed she was and she wasn't. And now this guy gets angry now, right? So now this person is angry. Now they're both angry. And now, mm -hmm. oh, that's how it becomes racism. Oh, it's be oh, you're, you're, you're racist, right? Oh, you're just acting like that because I'm black or I'm white and I said that, right? The correct thing would have been for the girl to say, hey, excuse me, um, I'm not Chinese, I'm Korean or Japanese, and in our language, we say this, right? That's checking the ignorance before it becomes racism. So for sure, like when you get angry, it just it just perpetuates the, the, the racism. It's always good to mm. check it. Check it at ignorance. It's okay to be That's, ignorant. Yeah. It's okay to be ignorant. Ignorance means you just don't know. It's not such a bad word. It means you just don't know. So check it at ignorance before it becomes racism. Hmm. You know, um, my first viral video ever on TikTok, my first viral video was uh, Asian hate video. I saw some things on, 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 on YouTube, not YouTube, yeah, on YouTube and on the news that were just crazy to me. Like people were like, yeah, Asians are the virus and, and beating people. I was like, this is nuts. And so I got really upset, went to TikTok, went to social media and, you know, shared my feelings about it, that Asians are not the virus, Right. And when I tell you, I've never experienced the level of ignorance in my life than I did with this viral video. Wow. It literally, it literally had me stressed out for weeks, like mentally stressed out, because I answer every single comment that comes to my page. I answer all comments. And when you make a video like that, uh, I feel that I'm responsible for controlling the narrative that's going on in the comments. So I have mm -hmm. to control everything and I have to check everybody's ignorance, right? Because that's how racism starts. One person says some dumb shit that's totally off the wall. Another person says, and you start going back and forth and boom, now you have a freaking race war in your thing. And so I have to check every single person and people were just really ignorant. And, and, and it was incredible that in this day that there's so much ignorance. But like I said, I checked every single person from my own people to Asian people to everyone who were making ignorant comments. What and were they saying? So one of one of uh, one of the comments that say from uh, from my from from black people's side, somebody said, "Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know why you're defending Asians. Um, uh, 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 COVID COVID came from China, so Asians are the virus." So. That kind of comment needs to be checked. So first of all, I said, I wrote back to the person. I said, first of all, I always say, don't be ignorant. I said, Asia is a continent. China is a country. If you say, because the virus came from China, then saying Asians are the virus doesn't make any sense. Right? Mm. Those are the comments I got. And then on the Asian side, I would get comments like, oh, we supported your 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 uh, 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 Black Lives Matter movement, and this is what you do to us. 
that comment needs to be checked, right? Because first of all, I'm black and I posted this video. There's a black guy speaking in it, right? Obviously. So that comment doesn't make any sense. No, I'm telling you, listen, it drove me insane. I was like pulling out here. You should see me. I looked crazy for like a good month, bro, because it was just ignorance upon ignorance. But every, but I'll tell you one thing though. Every person I checked their ignorance didn't come back at me in in some kind of like crazy way because I check mm. people hard, bro. I like like I don't be like oh excuse me no shit. I'm like yo, are you an idiot? Like I, I check people hard, and not one person ever like came out their face. We're talking about a viral video with thousands and thousands upon thousands of comments. But that's what you got to do, right? You, you you check it before it gets out of hand. And now they understand, right? Now the guy understands that, oh, oh, you know, Asia is a continent. China is a country, right? This is all part of the checking. And, and I think if we all did our our part in checking the ignorance, ignorance if, we, if we all did our part in checking the ignorance, then there would be less racism. Wow. It's like you check the ignorance really firmly, but not in an angry way. And then, because it seems like, like with your TikTok in this in this internet age, the ignorance is just so amplified, and, and people are mistaking ignorance all the time for racism, and then people are getting angry yes, at each other, yes. and then, yes, it's crazy. That's exactly what's happening. That's exactly, exactly what's happening. It's exactly. And instead of trying to help educate each other, people are just getting angry at each other, right? Right, and then that turns into racism. Hmm. Yeah, because people dislike people who are angry at them. And imagine, imagine in North Korea, if one of those people right. would me off, I would have been like, "Fuck you!" Started yelling. I mean, I'd probably disappeared. You probably never see me again. But, <laughs> but, but that would have solidified their racism, right? Right. Like, yeah. Right, you see? Look. Right. You see. Listen, right. oh my God, oh my God, listen to this. And this is in no way racist or nothing, but it made some sense. Did you see uh, Chris Rock's special on Netflix? I did, I did. Did you see how, what he ended it with? He I don't remember. It with something I don't... which was so powerful, and it's not racist, but it made so much sense. He said... The reason why I didn't do anything, my mom, my parents taught me well. My parents taught me well. And and he said, my mom told me, you never fight in front of white people. Right? I remember that. Now listen. I was, uh, yeah, tell us. That's not race. That's not me being racist. I love everyone. But what he's saying is, if people think you're negative and you're bad and you're evil oh. and then you show it to them you've just solidified exactly what they think every racism mm. thing that they're thinking about you every bad thing they think the thing about you you've just proved it you have just proved it and that's what he said and when he said that man i was looking in his face if you see the tears he was holding back these tears it was unbelievable holding them back and i was like Yo, that is so powerful. People might say, oh, he's being racist. No, he's not being racist. It has nothing to do with racism. It, it has to do with people 
having these preconceived notions or even mm. these racist notions about you and you going and proving them right. Right? You going and proving them right. Now, if he were to start fighting back and crazy, ah, nigga, 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 people would say, you see? You see? Right? So, yeah, it was, it was his, his ending was, 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 was really deep. Really deep. Wow. You, you just made that click in my head because I was scratching my chin when yeah. you said that. I thought what he meant was something like, oh, I'm going to – I have to be professional around white people and then I can go be myself somewhere else. But no, he was saying that I don't want to continue to perpetuate what yes. they're already believing about yes, me. Yes, exactly. Wow. Exactly. When he said that, bro, I was like, oh, I almost cried, man. I was watching this. I was like. Yo, that was so, and he, yo, he held back tears hard, but if you look at his face, he was holding it back, and I was like, yo, that is so powerful, bro, that is so powerful, and people might say, oh, it's, it's racist, but it's not racist, it's deeper, not at all, it's so deep, man, it's so deep, yeah. Wow, and, and, and even if it is a joke about white people's I- ignorance, like, that, it's, ju- it's a justified joke, it, it's, it's like, Wow, I think that probably went over a lot of people's heads. For sure, for sure, for sure. I got it immediately, man. Immediately, I was like, "Bro," I, I was like, <laughs> "Oh my!" I was just sitting there, like, "Oh my god, that is unbelievable!" Yeah, unbelievable. Wow. Well, I guess we can close this off with uh, you're wearing this hoodie that says "Spin." You've done a lot of cool community outreach and social impact work and all type of other projects. Tell us about uh, SPIN. So SPIN is our ping pong social club. Um, What we did was we took a sport and we made it fun for everybody. So it's a ping pong club, nightclub, restaurant, event space. And and, and it's just a fun place to be, to go have fun. It's a great uh, girls night out. It's a great guys night out. It's an amazing first date place. And it's also a really good party place. You know, DJs come in. Um, it's, it's just a fun place. And we, we just wanted to to give people uh, something fun to do while partying. And, and what better thing than a sport that brings people together? So it's in New York, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we have a couple of locations. So we have oh. nine locations throughout the country. And we're going to oh, wow. be up in Times Square in September. So I can't wait for that one. That one's going to be huge. Whoa, well, everybody watching who's from New York, you should give Spin a visit, like you said, for a date night or want to bring your friends over or just want to have a good time. Yeah. Or if you want to get beat by my cell phone. <laughs> Do you, uh, are you there pretty often at the different um, locations? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much there. Not, not so much, but every Friday night I'm there because we do a show where we give out free drinks to customers playing games with us. Like, it's pretty fun. Friday night's a fun night. I'm on the mic. You know, it, it, it's fun. It's pretty fun. That's awesome. That's so cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. If you have any final thoughts or if you want to plug other stuff that you're involved in or if you want to tell people how they can reach out, the floor is yours. Yeah, man. Our best way to reach out to me uh, is on Instagram. You know, I'm, I'm starting to do more on Instagram. Um, as you can see, the Instagram is my more serious side. So if you want to see this... If you want to see the crazy, funny, quirky side of me uh, in ping pong, that's um, on TikTok. But my more serious side, like my TEDx uh, podcast, like just serious stuff that I say and, and do, uh, that's going to be on uh, Instagram.
Well, thank you so much. I really appreciated this. This was such a cool conversation. It's uh, definitely in in the top top of my favorite interviews I've done so far because it because I resonate with it so much. So thanks for joining me today, Wally.